folks. Welcome back to uh, Tim Talks. I've, uh, I, I wasn't sure when I got into doing this that it, how it would be received, but I've gotten many phone calls and emails of people responding in a positive way, uh, really appreciating the continuing education on what we teach in our school. So I want you to know I'm putting my heart into these things, and I might, be the, I might not be the most sophisticated speaker, but I'm, you're getting the heart. And uh, I, hope, I hope it touches you in some way, what I'm about to speak about. This will be number three in the series, which may go for hundreds. I don't know. This one I want to talk about is it's about what we call medicine, particularly earth medicine. Now, earth medicine, it's, there's three levels of it. There's, there's the things that you make from the earth, like drums and flutes and things like that that become something you use in your work with the earth. And then there's things you find that call to you, like feathers and bones and beautiful rocks and things like that. And really the most important of all medicine is the time you spend in nature and particularly having sacred, meaningful moments where you are able to identify them as that, soak them up, imagine your body like a sponge so that they live in you. And they actually, these medicine moments, they literally live in you and become a part of you for the rest of your life. And whatever you do, wherever you show up in life, whatever you do, you bring those moments with you. You may not be conscious in your brain, but you bring them with you. So let's start with the most important. Um, and let me start with the other side of it. If you don't go out in nature and build medicine, if you're just sitting in a room all day watching TV or staring at a computer or a smartphone um, or just anything like that endlessly, moments particularly like that when you could be out in nature, then you're selling yourself out. You're, <coughs> you're not developing your birthright and it's not going to work for you. So I encourage you to get out in nature as much as possible. Now, I'm a nature photographer, and I, I'm sorry, folks, about this, uh, but I have a cold. I'm a nature photographer, and we photograph countless sunsets, countless waterfalls, countless sun risings, countless herds of animals and intimate moments with animals and beautiful moments where the light just hits the landscape just right and it pops and speaks to you. These kinds of things, I call them sacred moments. Whether you're a photographer or not, it makes no difference. It's going out and spending the time in these incredible places doing things that allow you to soak in the experience. Things like imagine yourself as a sponge, having deep appreciation for a moment, being able to share it with someone else, uh, being able to write about it afterwards, um, taking it out of the hole and giving it an emphasis. So one example of how people make a mistake with this, I think, um, is I go watch countless sunsets. Well, I notice how people will wait for the sunset, and as soon as it sets, they're gone. They're out of there. They're missing the next hour of magnificent light where the sun paints the sky while it sets. That is the medicine moment. That We have to stay with it. We, one of the things that concerns me a little bit about our modern world is we're, we want things so quickly. You know, we, 
we ha if we're not satisfied unless it comes to us immediately or if we can't Google it or look it up somewhere. Well, nature connection, deep nature connection takes patience. Patience is a gift that will stay with us throughout our life. And nature can be our teacher for that. Patience is required to live a good life. It's required. And nature is the true teacher of that. I can't tell you folks how many times I've sat and waited to take a photograph of a grizzly bear or a herd of elk or a bird flying into a nest in a tree. And it's in the waiting. It's in the journey. Not the beginning or the end as much as the journey where the medicine starts to solidify itself into your being, in your body, in your very soul and heart and live there. And that, as you show up in life, whatever you do, your job, your job, whatever that is, uh, you, with your lover, with your friends, with your family, how you work with your government, whatever you do, you bring these moments with you and it makes better people. You know, you've probably heard the old saying, nature makes good people. It can't be any other way. I truly believe that. But it requires time and commitment. Now, some sacred moments will be different for everyone. You might see a band of light come through the trees and light up a rock and it's going to speak to you. It might not speak to your friend, but it'll speak to you. And then others, like you walk up on a creek, it might be just this beautiful little trickly part of the creek where it just flows and the sound comes into your ears and you, 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 it looks so gorgeous and it just calls to you. That's personal to you. And then there's ones like these sunsets where everybody is an ooh and ah moment or coming up to an incredible waterfall it's an ooh and ah moment. Places to go, it's endless. Of course, our national parks and our state parks were, were built pretty much because these places are sacred places. And someone had enough care and knowledge along the journey to save them from destruction. Someone was able to do that. So, you know, one of the grandest of all is Yosemite National Park. And I spent a lot of time there photographing the big waterfalls, the massive peaks, the incredible cliffs. But you know what? All of that massive, beautiful stuff is incredible, and I love it all. But on the ground at your feet is also sacredness. Whether it's an ant crawling across a trail, a spider making a gorgeous web, and the sun coming through and lighting the dew drops up on it, whether it's a bird coming into your space and you hang out with it for a while, enjoy its company, a squirrel up in a tree, just a beautiful tree speaking to you through all the others in the woods. It's everywhere. And here's the cool thing. The more that you open up to sacred spaces, sacred moments, sacred light, sacred color in nature, things that stand out above the overall, the more you work on this and open up to it, the more they'll show up in your life, the more it'll come. And then what'll happen too, which is really cool, is you'll see sacred beauty in your home. You'll see it in your, your lovers. You'll see it in your friends. You'll see it in your family. You'll see the goodness, and that'll help you with all of those things. In your work, you'll see it. One of the problems that happens so much in this modern world, because there's so much wrong right now with our world, as, as it relates to nature, the human world, which these subjects I will get into later. There's so much wrong is we can't, we tend to carry so much weight and anger and confusion. We need to see the beauty to be inspired. 
We need to appreciate the beauty to be inspired. We need to soak the beauty up like a sponge to be inspired. We have to realize that if we look into the mirror of a creek and reflect that creek water, that pool reflects back upon us, we are the beauty too. There's no separation. When you look at that creek and it reflects your reflection back at you, you are the earth. You're not some strange creature from another planet. You are the earth. And what do we want to do? We want to care for our earth. Doing this kind of work, sacred moments, collecting earth medicine, helps us to realize we are the earth. We are the beauty too. And in doing so, it'll send us off on countless journeys, countless paths, directions that we would never have imagined before. And the other wonderful thing about this, it never ends. It's not like there's an end point. You can seek as much beauty and medicine and connection as you want, and it'll go on and on and on, no matter what. And it doesn't just have to be in the wilderness or in national parks or state. It can be in your backyard. It can be in gardens. It can be on a city street. Some of my favorite trees are in San Francisco on the streets with thousands of cars all day long coming past them. Those trees need your attention. They want you to appreciate them. And that brings up another point to me. That is, is when you appreciate something, when you send your heart out in appreciation, when you connect your soul with a tree or a sunset or a mountain. I mean, heck, I live below Mount Shasta. There's just nothing more beautiful. When you do that, when you make that connection, that's a form of communication. Deep, deep communication. And that opens up doorways to go deeper and deeper in areas of your life which you simply would never have understood could be possible. So I want you to think about that, okay? And I want you to go out, and next time you go see a sunset or a beautiful waterfall in a creek, stay with it. Stay with it. And imagine yourself soaking it up. And when you look at it, don't just look at the sun setting. Look at all the colors, all the shapes of the clouds, the color of the water if it's reflecting on the water. Look at all the nuances on the edges of it. Notice the shift of light as it comes and then goes. The same thing with animal herds. Look at all the animals as a herd, as a living being, but also look at the individuals and know that you, are, you have arrived at home when you do this. You are appreciating your home and you are a part of it. That is what the Native Americans, they coined the term, as far as I know, earth medicine. And these were the people who lived with the earth without technology. This meant their life, literally. And you can imagine how much pain they suffered when Europeans came to North America and started destroying the things they considered so beautiful. It was incomprehensible to them that this could happen. And it, it sent them into a spiral of sadness and pain and confusion. We have to be the force for change, whether it's one of us, whether it's a thousand, whether it's a million, whether it's 10 million. You can't wait for others. We have to be the force. And building up medicine gives you that inner core, that strength you need, that appreciation that you need to go out and make a difference in the world. Now, another type of medicine is what you find in the woods. Now, 
I'm going to talk later about bear, about, about not about bears specifically, but, well, maybe, but about um, wild uh, animals and how they connect to us as power animals or as animal counterparts, animals that we really appreciate. To me, and that animal counterpart, for me, I'm a bear person. I look like a bear. I think like a bear. I sometimes smell like a bear. Um, I relate to bears. They call to me. Now, that doesn't mean I don't love every other animal out there. Of course I do. But it's okay to have specific beings that you connect with. So if I find a bear skull in the woods, that's like, whew, I just love it so much. I want it. But what I do is I stop, I sit with it in the woods, I look at the situation, and I stop inside of myself and ask the earth through feeling. I ask, can I take this skull? Because there may be squirrels that want to eat it. Maybe the bear that passed away there wants to stay right there. Almost always the earth, being this endless giving being, says yes. And then I'll take the skull home, and I might put it on an altar that I have of precious things that I've found and that I love. Um, or I might put it in my garden somewhere. Or I might put it in what I call my medicine bag and use it in the sweat lodges that I run um, to hold space for people. And that's another subject we'll talk about later. Um, another one that's so important to me is I love golden eagles. And I was lucky enough when I used to do wildlife rehabilitation work to live with a number of golden eagles, very close and personal. And I don't know of another animal that, that I, I think just looking into my eyes changed my life forever. They're just, you can't put a word to it. It's just mystical. So if I find a gold eagle feather, I'm, I'm like stoked, you know. And I love feathers of all different birds. Or I, I also love to collect heart rocks, beautiful heart stones. Because I believe the way we connect to nature first and foremost is through the heart. So I love to be reminded of that. And nature provides endless heart stones. Now sometimes when I collect these things, if I don't leave them and I take them, I'll put them, like I said, on an altar or in my yard or in my medicine bag. And then some, or sometimes I'll gift them to someone I really care about that I think might need them or appreciate them or get good use out of them. And sometimes later after I've had them, I might put them back in nature. So you can't take things from a place of greed, though, folks. You can't do it. Human beings can continually fight this darkness within us called greed, where we think we have to have something and we deserve it, so we'll just simply take it. It's what destroyed the Native Americans. It's what's destroying our planet. Boundless, endless greed. It has to stop here with you now who you are. And these are places you can practice not being greedy. You have to be willing to give and let go. It's, the, it's such a wonderful free way to live. And so that is, back, that is the type of medicine um, where you find it. Now the next and third one that I've come up with is things you make from nature. Like I made a drum many years ago, and I've made quite a few drums, or clapper sticks, or walking sticks, or medicine sticks, where I put beautiful things from nature on them. And these things I use in the sweat lodge, or I walk in the woods with them, or I make them as gifts to give to someone. And it's in the process of making it, whether I'm carving with a knife, or shaping it with a file, or something like that, if I keep my ego out of it, and I let the item that I'm working with speak to me, it becomes a work of art that is a communal piece. Nature made it and I made it. Of course, I'm nature. 
but it's, it's a collaboration between the two of us. And that creates something that's not just nice to look at, but something that literally is life-changing. My one drum, I've had it for 30 years now in, a, in the sweat lodges. And think about this. It collects. I've probably done 500 sweats, maybe more. It collects the medicine from every one of those sweat lodges. From every song I sing, it collects the medicine. So that drum, based on what it was 30 years ago and now, it's just astronomical. It's just an amazing thing. And that's true with everything. We collect the medicine. So, just to repeat, there's earth medicine from your interaction with nature through your eyes, through your smell, through your touch, through your hearing, through your feeling, and your sixth sense, that, that sense that takes us into the deeper, more spiritual realms of nature. Engage all your senses, open up your heart to appreciation, uh, allow wonder to come into the picture, and just make you go, wow, like what the heck? All of these wonderful things like that. And then there's stuff you find in nature, and it also could be very powerful where you're walking. You know, if you have sacred places in nature, that's another subject I'll be talking about, and you find a bear skull there, that's even more powerful. Trust your feelings through all this, folks. Don't get too cerebral with it. Let your heart connect to your feelings and trust them. You don't need validation from another person or another thing. If it feels good to you, it feels good to you. Just use it. Okay, so this is an incredible, like, foundational building talk I've given here. And if you work hard on this, everything else will come into place. Get out there and gather medicine. Get out there and gather earth medicine. Best thing you can ever do. You will not regret it. You will not regret it. Thank you again for honoring me um, by listening to these talks. And get out there and work for our earth. Keep it healthy. Ho. Oh.